Hello and welcome to Honey Are You Happy, a podcast dedicated to breaking down the bullshit around health and well-being through authentic and challenging conversations that question present day health and wellness in order for you to become your healthiest, happiest and most fulfilled self. I'm your host Joss, I'm an assistant psychologist and eating disorder ambassador for the UK's leading eating disorder charity. I have a wealth of experience in mental health, advocacy, public speaking and behaviour change. Having recovered from anorexia nervosa myself in my teenage years and then gone on to commence at least five years of training and research in psychology. I have been guest speaker for BBC News, Victoria Derbyshire and many other mental health podcasts. I'm an avid blogger, adrenaline junkie and travel addict. Most of all, I'm a sister, a daughter, a friend, a lover. But most importantly, I'm your biggest cheerleader. I'm here for you to reach your full potential and navigate this bullshit that we label health and wellness. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Honey You Happy. Uh, Today we're going to be looking at um, tips on how to recover from an eating disorder which has a component of exercise addiction within it. Um, We're going to look at the problems of detecting anorexia or bulimia athletica which is what it's referred to as and then identifying if exercise is right for you and then how much exercise is actually too much Um, and then ways to prevent exercise becoming obsessive. Because ultimately, exercising is really good for our bodies and our minds, and we want to be healthy, we want to be balanced individuals who prioritise our health, but in compassionate and mindful ways. Um, but this can get really warped and lost in um in an eating disorder and in recovery. So we're gonna focus on this today. I know it's something that's resonated with loads of you via DMs. I get asked this question all the time. So hopefully this episode will be really insightful and really helpful to your journey. Having a dysfunctional relationship with exercise is a huge factor in eating disorder, development, the maintenance of it, the course of the recovery journey, but it's often neglected in treatment protocols. This is usually due to misconceptions that A, exercise serves as an obstacle to weight restoration, which in the people who have lost a significant amount of weight due to their eating disorder, um, weight restoration is often like the priority of early recovery and so obviously reducing physical activity isn't a very easy way to do this whilst increasing calories. This also has a wider economical impact as it's spenny to be an inpatient and obviously with the NHS funding and everything like that when you go into an inpatient ward or a mental health kind of rehabilitation centre they want to reduce the amount of time you're there and so saying that you can't exercise or reducing physical activity is one way to make sure that they can kind of get the health get your physical health prioritised while also spending as little as they can on your stay there. Um, It's also guided by the fact that everyone, there's a presumption that everyone with an eating disorder wants to exercise to lose weight or control their weight. And it fails to kind of distinguish between compulsive exercising and structured, supervised physical activity, which can actually be really safe and really beneficial for us. So 
you know, in my own journey, when I started incorporating exercise back into my routine, I used to go to the gym all the time with my brother. And it was a way to kind of put boundaries around it, stay accountable to someone. And, you know, I wouldn't be in there for hours and hours and hours, which is what my eating disorder would want me to do, because my brother would want to be in there for 45 minutes and then go to Nando's. So it just made the whole the whole situation more healthy. And it also taught me to what healthy exercises and what healthy boundaries around exercises look like. And it was structured and it was supervised. Mindful exercise is the goal or mindful movement, as I like to call it. And this is done with the intention and the purpose of self-compassion, acceptance and awareness and real joy in movement. Because at the end of the day, if we're exercising or moving or playing sport, we want to be enjoying what we're doing. We want to be feeling good about our bodies. We want to be feeling energized. When you go and you drag yourself to the gym, when you're achy, you're injured, you're sore, you're sick, and you're making yourself work out compulsively, you are not having fun. <laughs> you're not enjoying that workout. Um, and it's focus in mindful exercise, it's focuses on kind of performance, um, becoming more connected and healthier and stronger. But making this shift can be really challenging. And especially when you're dealing with maybe impulsivity or compulsiveness, which comes with having an exercise addiction um, and an eating disorder. First of all, I will start off by saying that I am not a medical doctor. Um, So especially if you're underweight or in recovery from an eating disorder, you should always, always, always follow the advice of your doctor or your treatment team. Um, Each individual is completely different. We do not recover in the same ways. We do not suffer with the same issues within our eating disorder in the same way. So it's from a person-centered approach, it's so important um, that you're not just saying that you heard it on here and you're you're, you're going off and, and doing X, Y, Z, that you're actually listening to your, your medical professionals first and foremost. The following is literally based on my own experience, what I've learned um, doing during my training in psychology um, and also the work that I've done with Beat and with Taste Life UK, which are two fantastic eating disorder recovery charities that I am associated with. Um, and also, like whilst exercise and moving your body is amazing, and I am a total advocate for keeping active and moving your body for both physical and mental well-being, there are certain situations where I think exercise can be more harmful than beneficial and should just not be done in recovery. Um, so the general recommendation is that there's no exercise until full weight is restored. Um, and that is until you're kind of a healthy weight, a healthy BMI. And until you've kind of maintained that for a while. So long enough for females, it's long enough to have a, a regular menstrual cycle. Um, and for, for men, it could just be that you've managed to maintain your healthy weight that you've reached for x amounts of time that you and your medical professionals have agreed upon and to a stage where you feel mentally able to carry on adding in food and you know adding in a variety of food and moving your body and dealing with anything that kind of like is going to trigger you so staying consistent with those kind of um 
recovery processes and the things that support your physical health because obviously the mental side takes a lot longer to catch up with the physical side in recovery so just because your body restores weight doesn't mean that your your head is necessarily in in the same position and is is recovered and feeling okay and and no longer stuck in the eating disorder mentality so it's getting to a place where both your physical body and your mental state is able to to manage the food and also manage adding in exercise there are certain conditions as well which make it more harmful for your body. So being underweight, struggling to eat enough um, and having low blood pressure or heart palpitations um, is definitely exercise should just not be done. Um, and the main priority should be resting your body and nourishing your body Um as well as if you already have a negative relationship with exercise, it's very unlikely that you're going to just be able to switch that off overnight. And sometimes cutting it off completely and just having, you know, a, time, a period of time where you you don't, you're not exercising or not doing vigorous exercise. And then you can kind of come back and start afresh and kind of draw a line in the sand and start again. This is, um, so these situations is definitely when physical activity should be kept to a bare minimum. However, I do think there are times in my own recovery um, where a small amount of physical activity, like short walks or yoga or stretching, can actually do real wonders for the body and mind. Um, and again, as long as you've got the okay, the all clear from your doctor and it's safe. And as long as you're honest with yourself and if you feel or notice it's becoming an obsession and now it's this compulsion where you have to do X amount of yoga for, on X amount of days for however long and you realise that this is becoming something that's making you anxious and becoming part of a real ritual, you must stop that in the early stages because that's not that's going to hinder your recovery. That's going to become something else that you rely on Um within your kind of eating disorder mindset to control weight, maybe to kind of compensate or whatever it may be. So enjoyment of what you're doing and making sure you're continuing to move towards recovery at the same time is so important. So they're the two questions you really need to ask yourself is, am I enjoying it? Am I still moving towards recovery? Because if you're not, then you need to think about either cutting the exercise back, changing what the exercise is or stopping it completely. Especially in the early, early stages of recovery. And if you've got a condition like anorexia or a different eating disorder where you've lost a lot of body weight, um, muscle mass, um, then, you know, that kind of real light training will be so beneficial <laughs> for you in the early stages where you're just, your body's not able to, to sustain a lot of um, maybe resistance training and heavy lifting and things like that, uh, or more vigorous exercises like longer runs. But then when you're in the later stages of um, recovery, that is when you can really think about, you know, light strength and resistance training um, for rebuilding that muscle and kind of strengthening your bones. Um, but again, this all has to be cleared by a doctor and done out of enjoyment and not compulsion. There is a lot, a lot of honesty that's needed in uh, using exercise in recovery. I actually didn't use exercise at all in recovery. I had a few years out because one, when I was really sick, I was over-exercising and doing a lot of bedroom exercising. And um, when I didn't have a high body weight, um, 
and my knee was completely just it, it just suffered hugely from osteopenia and became very very weak and then to the point that I couldn't really go on walks I would be hobbling after about 15 minutes and that really kind of just it stressed me out because I was like I can't do anything but it also meant that I had no other you know I had no excuse to over exercise I had to focus on other things and that was okay I could focus you know, on artwork and I could focus on other things that made me feel good and were healthier and weren't being used by my eating disorder so I actually worked out as being a really good thing that pushed me towards my recovery and it's not forever like now I work out probably like four times a week I do resistance training I love to do sport I climb um, I have ADHD so I'm quite active and I actually use exercise now to regulate my nervous system but I don't compensate it's nothing to do I'm not thinking of calories I'm not thinking of what I'm burning or anything like that it's just pure enjoyment and I'm also very very happy to skip workouts to have a week off to go traveling and it won't impact what I eat how much I eat I will just you know I'll just carry on um, and so you can already hear that my mentality is now in a really healthy place and definitely would not have been able to do that a decade ago. There are also some really big issues in detecting exercise addictions when you have an eating disorder. Um, for example, <laughs> the amount of labels that we can now hide disordered exercise under is very socially acceptable to exercise twice a day to gym twice a day especially in the bodybuilding communities um you know there's so much out there that you can just kind of use as a label to hide behind you know you could tell someone that you're on prep or you could um i'm following this new fitness routine or i'm doing xyz and people actually quite admire it and it's easy to it's easy to mask um and it's easy to kind of lie to yourself as well as other people um and by doing that you kind of you're only shooting yourself in the foot you're only pushing your recovery back like everyone else just gets on with their lives you're the one who actually is you know holding yourself back in and your own recovery so um and also there'll be people who can tell there'll be people who will look at you and know or will see you see you in the gym so much and be like I think they've got a bit of a problem they don't seem to be able to take time off or they don't seem to be able to have a lighter session you know people do notice these things um but there's no training from pts and actually how to approach those situations so it can be really difficult for people to come up and actually you know say anything or intervene um and there are also some key differences that you should be aware of which can be helpful to you for kind of recognizing if your mindset is slipping into that obsession compulsive um exercising mindset so firstly, obviously having the kind of preoccupation and using it as a coping mechanism. And often in recovery, people justify it by, oh, but if I'm eating more calories, I want to make sure I'm putting that on as muscle. And again, that is ingrained in fat phobia. And that is your eating disorder right there <laughs> saying, you know what, it's okay to, to do X, but you're going to have to do Y because otherwise it's not okay. Otherwise you're unsafe, you're unacceptable, or you're unlovable, whatever that kind of belief, that core belief is, um, you're out of control, whatever it is. Um, and it's learning to challenge that as well. I'm not saying that means you have to put on lots of body fat to challenge that I'm just saying that you have to be aware of the reasons and 
kind of allow for kind of flexibility within your routine and know that if you're working out and you're going to do big sessions that you're going to have to eat more um, and that at times might mean that your body weight will fluctuate especially in recovery when your body needs to put on that that healthy weight that it needs to function there's also a lot of feelings of anxiety or guilt if you do not follow your regime so if you're finding that you can't take days off easily um, you're getting very anxious snappy with people if you've missed a session or if you've had a few days off you're starting to feel kind of unsettled and panicky that can be a really good indicator that you've got a slightly unhealthy relationship with exercise because you don't need to go into a gym or go to classes to keep fit you can just go out for a walk you could just do some light stretching Um, you know you could go to a swimming center with your friends or go play around in the sea and it's all movement it's all activity but if you've got this very if this fixation on it but I need to be strong but I need to be lifting x amount or I need to be looking a certain way and and that's through doing a certain type of exercise you might need to really reflect on your relationship with exercise and your body and and, and what those beliefs and feelings are um Working out when you're ill or injured, that's one that I definitely did when I was ill. I would just push myself. And even if I was um, feeling really run down, I would just kind of make, just drag my, drag my ass over there and kind of make myself do another workout. And it just made me get what's called overtraining syndrome. I would, my central nervous system would be shocked. I couldn't sleep. I felt like I had a, like a constant cold, that kind of bunged up nose feeling and headaches. Um, I felt like sick, but also hungry. It was just my body was all over the place, but I was just pushing it too much. And I wasn't listening to it when it was achy and just wanted to lie in. I was just, just kept on pushing it to its limits in order to make me feel safe and justify eating for the day. Um, you can you almost always will think about food in terms of its relationship with exercise so if you're finding that actually you're like I can eat x if I've done y or you're kind of thinking or like orthorexically about like I can only eat really clean foods because it will it will complement my my gym routine like that's great but like it's also very it, it can be a really easy way for your eating disorder to just keep you trapped and justify you know for me I I can work out during the week but I'm absolutely fine with going out and having a two-course meal with a delicious pudding and having cocktails and stuff and I don't need to justify that with a week of workouts or do anything the next day to compensate for that I can just enjoy that for what it is I think a lot of people who have exercise addiction or an eating disorder will be very orthorexic in their thinking and it's it's still around that control of calories in and calories out and what will help me reach my goals. And um, it's that kind of rigidity and inability to be flexible, inability to just enjoy food and even lying to yourself about it. You know, I, you know, I used to tell myself I didn't like dessert or it could only be fruit or I wasn't hungry enough. And really through my intuitive eating journey, coming to a place where it was like, I don't have to be hungry, (laughs) like really hungry to have dessert. I can just want to eat pudding and that's fine and I can just want to enjoy myself with my friends or you know have a nice taste experience or whatever it is or you know just treat my body because my body deserves nice things I don't have to think of it in terms of like the sugar content or the calorie content um 
basing your self-worth on how much you've exercised as well and kind of not believing that you're lovable unless you've done x amount and then having a long-term preoccupation with working out and exercise which interferes with social and other commitments such as maybe your schoolwork or your university work um i dropped out of my first degree at leeds university I went up there to do paediatric nursing and I was still very, very sick. And I very quickly to start coping with the anxiety I felt about going to university and being far away from home, started working out all the time at ridiculous times of the day. So I'd often do like a big session in the morning with lots of cardio and then in the evening do like a yoga and then a long walk and then maybe some more cardio. And I was going both ends of the day and I wasn't socializing it wasn't a priority to make new friends it wasn't a priority to get involved in freshers activities it was more a priority for me to be losing weight or to be changing my body or to be exercising um, as a way to help lower anxiety Um, and this got in the way of my recovery I relapsed and I had to drop out that got in the way of my uni work as well because a lot of the time I was at uni I couldn't think about what I was doing I was thinking about the workout that I needed to do or you know the fact that I was sitting for long hours in the day or whatever it was I definitely couldn't hold down a relationship Um, I would have been way too too busy with my workouts and uh, paranoid about my body and controlling of my food so um, it definitely those are some of the kind of key issues that I've experienced and also that can help you detect whether an exercise addiction within your eating disorder is something that you're um, you're experiencing. Hey guys, I'm going to butt in this episode to tell you all all about the free stuff you can get by handing over to Honey You Happy on Instagram and checking out the link in my bio. There is a free journaling ebook that you can download. It has loads of awesome journaling pages and templates that you can use, which have a kind of like psychology base to them to help you really get into thought challenging, um, looking at gratefulness, uh, identifying barriers and making action plans, all sorts are in there and it's completely free and downloadable. Head over to Instagram and get that for free right now. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for a free 45 minute coaching call. In this 45 minutes, we can go through anything that you would like to, anything you're struggling with at the moment, be it body issues, disordered eating, self-esteem, whatever it is, hit me up. I cannot wait to talk to you I'm your biggest cheerleader your biggest advocate and I believe above all that you can reach your happiest and healthiest self awesome thanks guys now let's get back to the episode so there are five things I kind of want to touch upon when looking at why maybe exercise in recovery with eating so there may not be the smartest choice Um, And things just to consider when you're kind of deciding for yourself and with your healthcare team, is exercise right for me in this particular stage of recovery that I am in and with the mental state that I'm in at the moment? And remember that our mental state isn't stationary. It's not stagnant. Um, We all have mental health and our mental health is on a spectrum. So it might be that at some points in your recovery, you can hack exercise really, really well. And at other points, you need to know when to kind of put it on the back burner and say, actually, it's not a priority at the moment. And it's something that I will get back to in the future. But anyway, number one is 
exercise puts additional stress on the body um, and this can potentially be harmful especially when you're underweight um, when you're underweight you're already putting a high amount of stress on your body alone um, which sounds weird doesn't it because you might think oh but if you're at a lower weight you're carrying less on your body therefore it must be less stress on your on your whole physical health and <laughs> but it's not it actually puts a lot of stress on your internal organs so often you find people who are severely underweight have high cholesterol and a high body fat percentage because they have a lot of muscle wastage and a lot of internal fat because your body stores fat around its organs. Um, if you didn't have fat around your organs, they'd be like, you know, <laughs> swooshed all over the place and <laughs> it'd be a bit messy inside. But the fat behind it is protect around your organs is protective. And actually what we see is it increases um, the fat stores around your organs and also your in your arteries. And so you can be really unhealthy physically inside stress is also increases the cortisol levels which lead to like re water retention uneven weight distribution muscle wasting poor sleep and poor digestion these are all already really common experiences in recovery and then adding additional exercise on top of that can just exacerbate it putting additional stress on your body and can just completely fuck up your central nervous system to be pretty brutal in order to heal and recover we kind of want to keep our stress levels to a minimum and that means plenty of rest plenty of sleep plenty of food plenty of hydration and self-care and really with exercise addiction it can come from a really harsh place of like self-destruction um and we want to be changing that narrative to one of self-love and learning how to love your body without manipulating what it looks like must be a priority. Trying to invest in self-care is something that I think has become a bit wishy-washy, a bit airy-fairy or bubble baths and pamper days. But actually, that's not what self-care is at all. Well, it can be, but self-care is more about being able to sit with yourself and attending to whatever you're feeling and giving yourself space to be, um, space to rest, space to just, you know, chill out, space to cry. Um, that is all self-care. Self-care can actually be eating a load of dominoes and ice cream while watching uh, like a whole series on Netflix um things that maybe quote unquote you would call unhealthy so you know we want to be reducing our stress levels and the stress we're putting onto our body physically and by that like heavy exercise and vigorous workouts is an additional st uh, stress to our central nervous system which completely can influence other things like number two our metabolism uh, when your body isn't receiving an adequate amount of energy, so either you're burning too much in the gym or you're not consuming enough or maybe both, um, it has to make met metabolic adaptations in order to maintain what's known as homeostasis. So homeostasis is just like the base level that your body should function at. So keeping your, say, your body temperature stabilized is all things that come over the bracket of homeostasis. Essentially, homeostatic processes keep you alive. Um, this means the body will hold on to every little a bit of energy it receives. So when your metabolism adapts 
to you consuming less or over exercising it wants to kind of grab onto everything you give it because it's like oh my goodness this person's putting me in a state which is threatening to my survival and you know therefore I either have the option to um, store everything I get given or I can stop the exercise and rest more and nourish my body so really I think people get into the the vicious cycle of under eating and over exercising very quickly and then also fearing that they kind of see they plateau and that nothing maybe the weight loss stops and then they feel like oh my goodness I've got to eat less to keep this up and it gets into this vicious cycle of restriction and over exercise when actually if they just kind of ate more and did a bit less their metabolism would naturally find its groove (laughs) and they would probably feel better um so yeah it takes an extraordinary amount of energy as well to build muscle so if you're thinking about this in terms of like metabolism, like I said, like you want to be eating more to kind of build that that body muscle because muscle is a metabolic tissue, it's active, um, it's active even at rest. So if you go to the gym and you're working out and you're you're ripping down that muscle doing a good workout, you need to be putting in the calories to rebuild, to recover, to get stronger. Um, And the fact is, if you're still in the early stages or in the grip of an eating disorder, there are going to be too many mental battles around eating more. There's going to be too many questions, too many anxieties. Um, You know, with me, I can go downstairs and I can make a snack any time of day, any size, and I don't really care. Um, But with an eating disorder, I wasn't able to do that. Um, And the fact is, you've got to be giving yourself enough fuel to even be putting on weight in the first place so if you think of a car and your tank is on empty already you need to put in just enough for it to go let alone more for it to be a a super machine and be able to zoom down the m25 you know if you're on the bare minimum you're not going to be able to sustain yourself um so it can really compromise your metabolic function the answer is to, to rest, to exercise less, to allow your body to trust you again. So it knows actually it's not suddenly going to take all the food away from me and make me run a marathon. This person is providing a safe environment for me. They're providing nourishment. They're providing me time to rest. And then you'll feel better. You'll be fueling yourself better and you'll make greater progress. So if you're in that stage of recovery where you can do that, that's great. And exercise can be a really healthy thing for you. But if that seems a little out of your reach, then probably just take it slower and exercise should not be the priority. The third thing is about energy wasting. So (laughs) let's get real with it. Gaining weight is really fucking hard. Um, it takes a lot of extra food to gain weight. And I remember being in an inpatient ward and being on all the extra snacks and all the extra 40 sips, which are like calorie drinks. And I was, you know, we weren't allowed to do much during the week. And I was like, how the hell is my body processing all this food? And I'm only kind of like scraping the bare minimum weight gain. Your body requires more than you think. Even at rest, your body burns an average amount of calories. I can't remember what it is, and I don't really want to talk about calories anyway. But your body needs 
a certain amount of nutrients and, and energy just to just a function if you were to lie in bed all day. So, you know, if you're thinking about weight restoration in your recovery, you're going to have to eat a hell of a lot more if you're then wanting to exercise regularly just to maintain your weight and to keep that um, that keep that weight gain going. And to be honest, that might not be very healthy for you. That might actually kind of warp your attitude towards food and make it just not just elongate the process to be honest and I don't know why you'd want to make it any longer for yourself anyway um so it's just worth thinking about like the energy that you're consuming and actually if it if it is actually helping you towards your recovery if you're just slowing the process and making it harder for you and if it's coming down to that element of controlling and trying to really control every single part of the recovery process which can can be another form of exercise addiction in itself the fourth thing is hormones and exercise being a stress on the body we break down our muscle tissue and we're making the body weaker and it's during that rest and recovery period that the muscles rebuild and make us stronger and this is important and relevant to hormones because if the body is in a state of high stress such as malnutrition it will shut off processes that are apps that aren't so essential for survival such as hormone production so we can live without certain hormones being produced and such as like the reproductive cycle the estrogen that you produce will just you know it will decrease and we might start feeling also depressed as like um levels of serotonin and dopamine are reduced and so it starts to shut off the production of all these hormones and the, this is a danger really for our body especially estrogen levels because um, low estrogen leads to having irregular or no periods that's known as amenorrhea and this is really serious and um, estrogen has a vital role in bone health and without it you kind of get um, a condition called osteopenia and this is basically where your bones are becoming really brittle and porous and they're easily broken you might get easier ligature damage and injuries um osteopenia is reversible but if you carry on being malnourished and over exercising you can get a condition called osteoporosis and that is irreversible and that's when you see kind of you normally gets it in get it in people who are older and they might be very hunched over like you know old ladies who are like hunching their back that is osteoporosis um and it's really it's really crippling for you you wouldn't be able to do any exercise anymore you wouldn't be able to walk very easily you'd be in pain um all these things your bones would easily break um and so it's really important that you're not putting that stress on your body so that your hormone production as well can be be regulated and that you're also supporting things like your bone health which is reliant on certain um certain hormones such as estrogen Oh my gosh, see, it's not that simple, is it? So the last one I want to talk about is probably, for me, the one that's going to help you the most when you're thinking about things, and that is your mindset. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter about anything else other than like where you're coming at, what your intention and your motivation is. When you're exercising, is it to compensate for the calories you are eating? Is it to justify eating food? Is it to try and 
control how you're putting on weight, even if that's the speed of it, or to only gain muscle and not have fat. All those kind of things are really ingrained within diet culture, fat phobia, and disordered eating, thinking, and tendencies. And they are all the more reason to reevaluate whether exercise at the moment is a good thing for you or whether you need to stop and maybe try something else like just going on gentle walks, yoga, cutting out exercise completely, having therapy. Unhealthy relationships with both food and exercise are really disordered ways to think and behave. And in order to recover and gain weight and include some of the essential and healthy body fats, you need to be thinking about facing your fears, facing the challenging thoughts and beliefs that you have around your body and exercise and food. And it seems really scary and it will feel really uncomfortable, but you're not alone. Um, Recovery is hard, but there is no way around it, but just go through it. Go through it with people. You can book onto a coaching call with me. Um, You can join support groups through Beats. It will make you stronger and healthier in the long run, and you will be so much happier. Trust me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Please press follow, subscribe, drop me a rating on Apple or Spotify or Google Podcasts because it really supports the effort that I put in to make these podcast episodes for you. And it's always lovely to hear from you and what you're thinking about the content I'm producing. If exercise and eating disorders is something that you're really concerned about or interested in knowing more about, um, please keep on listening to this because I've got such an amazing guest speaker coming on in a few weeks time. She is a a PT as well and she's also a massive mental health advocate, anorexia survivor and um, she has such a story to tell and we're going to be kind of covering more of the what you need to do or how you can go about managing exercise and what are the steps if you're really wanting to continue keeping exercise in your recovery process what are those steps that you can take um are there personal trainers you can go to for help um and yeah her story is amazing and so inspirational and i'm already so excited to have her on and for you to hear her story and what she has to say so until next time guys stay happy stay healthy and thank you for tuning in